grab a seat. God is good. Amen. 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 Hey, tonight we're going to continue our study through the book of Psalms. Um, We're near the end of our study in Psalms. We have been working through um, different types of Psalms over the course of this year and some lessons we can learn as we learn what it means to pray and to pray like David did in the Psalms. And so tonight I wanna talk to you about why we lift our hands in worship. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Psalm 134. Uh, Here's what I have discovered about Southeast Texas is that not all of us come from the same um, backgrounds, uh, traditions, or upbringing. And I know, especially for a church like us here at Redemption, I think me, Ashley, Miss Rachel, and my grandmother might be the only people who come from an Assemblies of God background. Um, many of us have come from different backgrounds. Um, Ashley grew up Southern Baptist. I know we have others on our team who come from a Catholic tradition or maybe no tradition. I know there's many of you who grew up in various denominations, upbringings, and backgrounds as well. But God is turning all of this eclectic mix into one big giant weird church family called Redemption. And one of the things that I love about Redemption is that um, we are a church that is built on the Bible and not built on preference, that we are a church that is built on scripture and not tradition or upbringing or denominational affiliation. Um, We just really want to do what Jesus says in John 4, 24, that we would worship in spirit and in truth. And so that's what our heart has always been here at Redemption. But I also know this, is that as our church continues to grow, there are people who come in and maybe it's your first time worshiping with us. Uh, You might be like, why are these people raising their hands? Um, is somebody, does somebody have a question? Why is that pastor not calling on people? Like, why are they not, what's going on? Why is everybody raising their hands? It, it might be a little confusing sometimes if it's not something that you have been used to. And so, but I wanna show you tonight that um, from the Psalms and from a variety of other places in the scripture, that lifting your hands in worship is not just um, a personal preference but rather it is a spiritual um, principle. It's a a principle that God gives to us in the Bible as an expression of what worship is to look like. And so if you're taking notes, you can go ahead and write this down. Here's gonna be the thought for tonight. We're gonna kind of work through some Bible and then we're gonna spend the rest of the evening in prayer, practicing what we preach by giving you a chance to lift your hands in worship. Lifting your hands is is, uh, about a spiritual principle, not our personal preference. I want you to go ahead and just get this in your heart that what I'm about to share with you tonight is not my goal to convert you to being charismatic. It's not my goal to convert you to worship like me or Trevor. It's not my goal tonight to be able to um, indoctrinate you into a charismatic tradition or a Pentecostal type experience. What my goal tonight is this, is to lay a biblical framework about why lifting your hands in worship is actually something that God through the Bible tells us to do. And so, What I want you to do is I want to read to you Psalm 134, and then I want to talk about um, some reasons why people don't feel comfortable lifting their hands in worship, and then 10 reasons why God doesn't care. Um, (laughs) And so here's, here's what Psalm 134 says. Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. Who's a servant of the Lord? In the hand. Let me see. There you go. Y'all already getting the hang of lifting your hands. There we go. 
You're a servant of the Lord. Well, what does he say to do? Servants of the Lord, what are you to do? You're to praise the Lord who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Verse two, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who is the maker of heaven and earth. So we already see in this Psalm that there is an expression of worship that we are to do as we praise the Lord, as we bless the Lord. There is also an imperative command that is included in that. And what is it? It is to lift your hands in the sanctuary. We see that lifting our hands is a biblical expression of our worship towards the Lord. I remember whenever me and Ashley first started dating, I told you earlier she was raised Southern Baptist and I grew up in a overly charismatic Assemblies of God Pentecostal church with banners and flags and shofars and people dancing up and down the aisle. I remember when revival would break out, I would be so tired. I would come down front and I would pretend to be slain in the spirit just so I could sleep through service. Like that's, that's the church that I grew up in, right? I mean, it was, it was wild. And um, when we first started dating, I, I remember she came to church with us one time and, and uh, she was in town visiting. And I remember just thinking, oh God, please don't let anything weird happen today. And as soon as that happened, all of a sudden, somebody just bust out in tongues, just like, you know, should have bought a Honda, but instead they bought a Kia. Um, and Ashley turned and she looked at me and she's like, what in the world did you get me into, right? Um, and, and so I know that for many people, emotional or verbal or expressive worship can sometimes feel awkward. It can sometimes feel uncomfortable. And it may be something that you, you struggle with. And so when you come to redemption and people are lifting their hands and they're jumping and they're singing and they're clapping off beat and they're having a really good time while doing it and singing off key, it can always sometimes just, you could feel a little shut down. You could feel that, that tension. You're like, I want what they have, but at the same time, I'm nervous to, to step out and do it. You, you feel in the room, something unique is happening. You feel that there's just something different. It just hits different. There's just this experience that's happening around me in the atmosphere. I can't tap into it. I don't know what it is, but at the same time, I feel uncomfortable if I were to express myself in the same ways. And so what I wanna show you today is that um, there's 10 biblical reasons for us to lift our hands in worship, but I wanna start off by addressing two of the main reasons that I've discovered that people don't feel um, comfortable in raising their hand in worship. The first is this, is that people worry about what other people are gonna think about them. Uh, it's an insecurity that they're insecure about it. Maybe it's because you don't feel worthy to lift your hands in worship. You're like, after the week I've had, after the things I've done, after the things that I've said, I barely made it into church on Sunday or here on first Wednesday. And if I lift my hands in worship, then I'm gonna be pretending to be something that I'm not. And what are people gonna think about me as I lift my hands in worship? I don't deserve to, I don't feel worthy to. Okay, listen, this is actually one of the reasons why you should lift your hands in worship because it is a declaration of saying, God, you are worthy of it all. I am not worthy. You are worthy. Lord, forgive me. And Lord, I'm blessing you. I'm returning to you yet one more time again. It's not an opportunity for you to be insecure. It's an opportunity for you to find security in him. And another reason is you're just worried about what other people are gonna think about you. 
You're like, I'm worried to lift my hands in worship because what if my, my pit stink? Or I'm worried about singing out loud because I, I can't sing. I don't have a good voice. Listen, this is Redemption Church. This is not American Idol. This is, this is, not, this is not the voice, right? This is not X Factor. Nobody's here to listen to you. Um, we're here. We have a worship team. They'll do all that for you. Don't worry. Just sing along with everybody. And if we all sing together, then nobody's going to tell that you sing that bad uh, because all of our voices are going to wash one another's out. And listen, here's the thing is that Jesus loves it when you sing. Jesus has divine auto-tune in heaven. He can auto-correct that pitch vocal right there in heaven. He loves to hear you sing. My daughter was singing in the backseat of the car the other day, and I thought it was just the most beautiful thing in the world. We're listening to The Greatest Showman as we're dropping her off at school, and she's just singing at the top of her lungs. And I'm just like, this is so beautiful. That's what God our Father thinks as his kids sing as well. And listen, here's the bottom line, is, is nobody here is here worshiping you. Right. Nobody's here thinking about you. you know, everybody's here because we're wanting to worship Jesus. Yeah. Listen, if you want to find yourself, lose yourself in worshiping Jesus. Yeah. That's where you find true identity is at the end of yourself as you begin to worship Jesus and you take your eyes off of yourself. So one of the biggest reasons people don't feel comfortable in lifting their hands in worship is because they're worried about what other people think and they're not worried about what God thinks. You know, what does God think about you lifting your hands in worship? God loves it. God actually tells us to do that in his word. And then the second reason, which I think might be one of the biggest reasons that people don't raise their hand in worship is because you've never been taught to. In fact, you've been taught the opposite. Many people come into redemption and they struggle because we're a loud church. We're a, we're a vocal church. We're an expressive church. And we're, we actually enjoy going to church. Some of y'all grew up in churches you didn't like going to. And you just had to go and you were taught this. This is what you're taught. That to be silent, to be reverent is what it means to be holy. Okay, you, you were taught this. Shh, you're in church. You're in church. You need to knock it off. You're in church. Okay, but whenever I read the Bible, here, here's what I see. At the end of all things, the angels are worshiping, crying out, crying out with a loud voice. Holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the world. What are they doing? They're making noise. They're lifting their voice. They're worshiping with adoration, with expectation. They're worshiping with a great expression. As you read through the Bible, you're going to find this on numerous occasions that people, they actually worship with a full body, with a full expression, with a total heart as they pour out their praises before God. Listen, here's what you need to understand is that reserved worship is a learned behavior. Somebody taught you to be reserved when it comes to worship. Somebody taught you to sit down. Somebody taught you to keep your hands by your side. Somebody taught you to keep your mouth shut. Somebody taught you that it's not right to lift your hands or to play instruments or to sing. Somebody taught you those things. And so reserved worship is a learned behavior. It is not a pattern that you see anywhere throughout the scriptures. In fact, this coming up Sunday, we're actually doing a, a study in our We Are Redemption series over the woman with the alabaster jar. If you're familiar with this story, it's out of the book of Mark. Uh, a woman comes and she breaks open her, her alabaster jar. It would be, it'd be worth 300 denarii or, or day's wages. And she busts it open and she pours it all out and she kneels down at the feet of Jesus and she expresses herself by crying and wiping his feet with her tears. What is that? That is emotional expression of what worship is. 
that worship is to be this way. Reserved worship is a learned behavior. Let me read you some, some Bible verses on what uh, expressive worship that we see throughout the scripture is. That Psalms 34, one tells us to declare. He says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Not praying in his heart, but praying with his mouth. He is declaring out loud, vocally, the praise of God. Psalm 27, six says, then my head will be exalted above my enemies who surround me in his tabernacle with sacrifices and shouts of joy, not whispers of joy, but shouts of joy. Psalm 95, six says, come let us now bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. There is a time and a place for loud. There's a time for quiet. There's a time for standing dancing, for singing, for bowing, for making music. Psalm 47, one says, clap your hands, all you nations, shout to God with cries of joy. Yeah, yeah there we go. Somebody's getting the hang of it. You know where we're going. And then it says, Psalm 63, verse four says, I will praise you as long as I live and in your name, I will what? I will lift my hands. When we read through the Bible, what we notice is that there is a mind, body, soul connection as we pour out our hearts in our worship to God. God doesn't want us to worship him like robots or like automatons or just sitting there like Spock emotionalists as we worship. No, when God says worship, he wants us to worship with passion, with joy, with our voice, with shouts of praise, with lifted hands and, and joy. That's how God desires for us to worship. Reserved worship is a learned behavior. And so what I wanna do is I want to unlearn that behavior for you. And so I'm gonna give you 10 reasons. We're gonna go through these really quick because I know you love the Bible, right? You love the Bible. And so you're just like, give me all the biblical reasons, pastor. I don't wanna just hear your opinion. I wanna hear what the scripture has to say. I don't wanna just hear what your preferences are. I wanna hear what the Bible has to say. And so let me give you 10 reasons why we lift our hands in worship. The first reason is it is a biblical commandment. You say, well, I just don't feel comfortable lifting my hands in worship. That's okay. You're wrong, but that's okay. So now you need to learn how to worship God rightly. Listen, God, God is not, like we don't get to determine how God is worshiped. God through his word tells us how we are to worship him. And so we are to worship God in the way that he tells us to worship him. I mean, think about it in a marriage. If your spouse says, when you do this, I don't feel loved, but you continue to do that thing, is that gonna build a good marriage and relationship? No, why? Because you need to learn to love your spouse in the way that they can feel love. God also has a way in which he receives love and that is through an emotional expression of what worship is. And so when it comes to lifting your hands, one of the reasons why we lift our hands in worship is because the Bible commands us to do it. The second reason we do it is because it is an act of prayer. Here's what Paul tells young Timothy in 1 Timothy. He says that I want all men to lift up their hands in prayer. Men, listen to me. I know that typically people think, oh, worship is for women. Worship is what women do. They get all emotional in worship and they sing the songs and they get in their feels. Listen, Paul tells Timothy, the most masculine thing you can do is to lift your hands in prayer. Like you wanna be a biblical man, learn how to worship God, right? You know, resist that, that you know, don't resist that masculine urge to worship God, right? Let that out because one of the most manly things you can do is model before your wife and your kids what genuine heartfelt passion and worship looks like. It's an act of prayer. Did you know that worship is prayer? Did you know that? Like all of the lyrics that we're singing, those are prayers written to music. Go back and read them. 
It's praying. It's declaring the goodness of God, his personality. It's declaring his favor, his word over your life. That's when you're worshiping, you're praying with song. You're praying with melody. And so when he says, lift your hands in prayer, it also would include lifting our hands, men, as we worship God, because lifting your hands is an act of prayer as well. Number three, it's a physical response. Romans 12 tells us this, that we are to to submit our bodies as living sacrifices, pure and holy to the Lord. Why? For this is your spiritual act of worship. See, we are holistic human beings, mind, body, and soul. It's a Gnostic heresy that would teach that the body and the soul are disconnected. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible would teach us that the body and the soul and their mind, we are holistic human beings, that God loves our soul, God loves our mind, and God also cares for our body. What we do with our body actually matters. This is elsewhere why Paul says that sexual sin is the only sin you commit against your body because the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so whenever we worship, we are to worship with our body. It is a physical response. It is a way that we submit our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable for this is your pleasing act of worship. God cares what you do with your body. The next thing we see, it's a nonverbal communication. You know, whenever me and Ashley get in a fight, oftentimes it's not what we say, but it's what we don't say. Amen? It's that little eye roll. It's that whatever, right? Why? It's the nonverbal communication. They say that 90% of communication is nonverbal, isn't it? Uh, And so how, whenever you're, talking with someone, you're, you're talking with your hands, you're expressing yourself, you're, you're smiling, you, you raise your eyebrows, right? Your, your pitch changes as you're discussing things, right? It's a nonverbal form of communication. When you lift your hands, what you're doing is you're communicating to God in other ways than just with your voice. You're communicating with your hands, you're communicating with your face, you're communicating with your dancing, with your clapping, all of these things. There are extra ways in which we are expressing our worship before God. It is a nonverbal communication before God. And then it also, it's an act of surrender. It's a sign of you surrendering. Like think about if somebody were to come in and they were to, to have a, a gun and they were to hold up, right? What do they say? Put your hands up. Why? Because you're, you're surrendering. If you're in the middle of a battle and you're middle of a war and then you are taken hostage, what do you do? You, you, you lift your hands up. It's a sign of surrender. When you're, dis- when you're defeated, you lift your hand up in a sign of surrender. Some of you, you are defeated when it comes to your life and to your worship and to coming into church and you feel defeated, beat up by this world. The enemy comes to lie still, kill and destroy. He has come to rob from you. And when you come into the sanctuary and you lift your hands in worship, you are not admitting defeat to the enemy, but you are surrendering to the Lord so that the Lord is the one who is able to come and he begins to fight your battles. And then you're singing this song, I surrender what? I surrender all. You're saying, God, I surrender all to you. God, all to you, I owe, I'm laying it all down. God, I was a sinner separated from you, but now I lay down my life. I surrender that to you and God come and now have your way in my heart. It's an act of surrender before a living and holy God. It's also a display of vulnerability. It shows, God, I have nothing to hide. Here I am, just like 
the psalmist would say, search my heart, O Lord. Look inward in my heart and see if there's anything that you can expose. Like search my heart, O God. It's a sign of vulnerability saying, God, I'm before you. I, I, I'm exposing all of my heart, all of myself, all of my life. And Lord, have your way. Come and search my heart, God. Bring up any impurities that may be in me so that I might repent of them, lay them at your altar, and so that I might be forgiven and redeemed and set free from these things. It's a sign of vulnerability and worship through your repentance. It's also a mark of redemption. Uh, it's also a mark of um, dependence. It's a cry for help. Right? I mean, you, you, when you're in need, what do you do? You cry out, you reach out your hands. She's like, somebody help me, please. Like if you're drowning, what are you doing? You're sticking your hand up above the water, trying to get some, some, someone's attention, trying to get someone to help. What are you doing? You're showing that you are dependent on somebody else. Many of us, we go through life thinking that we are the only ones who can rescue us. We're the only ones who can change us. We're the only ones who is gonna come to our own rescue. But that's not what the storyline of the Bible says. The storyline of the Bible says that God has sent his son Jesus to seek and to save the lost. He is literally on a rescue mission to come and bring help and to bring healing and to bring deliverance for those who are calling and crying out to him. And so when you're lifting your hands in worship, what are you doing? You're crying out, you're saying, God, help. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. And you know what? That is the most honest prayer you could ever pray. God, help. God loves it when you pray that. You could pray in tongues. You could pray in King James, or you could pray, God, help me. And that's a prayer that God loves to hear. He loves to step in and he loves to bring help. He is an ever-present help in our times of need. And so as you lift up your hands, what you're saying is, God, help me. It's an act of dependence. It's also a posture of receiving. If somebody were to give you a gift, what are you gonna do? You're gonna stretch out your hands, right? What I always say to my girls is this. I say this, I say, close your hands and hold out your eyes. <laughs> and they're like, what? But I say it all the time and they know exactly what to do. When I come back from a long trip, every time I go on a trip with CMN, I always bring them back uh, a snow globe from whatever city I was at and a postcard where I journal what I did over that week. And every time I come home from a CMN trip, they always run out because they know daddy has a gift for them. And they stretch out their hands and they say, daddy, did you get me a snow globe? And what are they doing? They're stretching out their hands. Listen, James tells us this, that God is the good gift giver. And that if anybody lacks wisdom, let them ask. And the one who gives perfectly will give generously to you. What is God? God is a giver. The nature and heart of God is to give. And so when we're worshiping God, what we're doing is we're stretching out in a posture to say, God, whatever you have, I want it. God, I'm ready to receive whatever it is that you have for my life. Lord, just bless me with it. God, I am here with open hands, with open arms, with an open heart. Lord, I know you have good for me and my hands are stretched out because God, I know that you want to bless, you want to give, you want to heal. God, I am receiving what you have for me today. It's also a sign of victory. In Exodus 17, there's this really incredible story about Moses as they're fighting the Amalekites. Say it like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> the Amalekites. If I would have just kept going, nobody would have known. They're like, man, he's so smart. How does he pronounce all those Bible names? What we see is this, is that as he's fighting the Amalekites, he has Joshua and her on either side. And God had already promised that they were gonna receive the victory in that battle. But what Moses had to do was this, he had to keep his hands lifted up 
And as long as Moses' hands were lifted up, they were winning the victory. But the moment his hands went down, they began to lose. See, worship is really the way in which we win wars in the spiritual realm. And so as we lift our hands in worship, we're declaring that God has the victory. And whenever we come and we put our arms down, what we're saying is this, is that Satan has the victory over this situation that I'm in. You're saying, I'm too discouraged. I'm too defeated to worship God. I don't feel like it. I'm not in the mood to do it. And all of a sudden, your arms are down by your side. Your shoulders are slumped over in despair and in defeat. And you're thinking more about yourself and the situation you're in than who God is and what God can be in that situation. And so it's actually a declaration of victory. God, you are victorious. God, you have promised that in the end, you you win. And Lord, that I am a victor because of you, not because of anything that I have done, but because I put my trust and faith in you. God, you fight my battles on my behalf and I'm just here to worship you in the meantime. And so you lift your hands in worship because it's a declaration of victory. I mean, just think about it. Whenever, Whenever a UFC fight is over and what do they do? What do they do with the champion? They lift their hands. Why? Because it's a declaration of victory. Whenever Tucker hit two back-to-back home runs the other night, what happened? I was on my couch, jumped up. I go, let's go! Because I was declaring the victory over that game. Astros in seven. Come on, somebody. And then lastly, we see this. As we call the band forward, we're going to worship and pray is this. Is that it's a call upon God as our father. One of my favorite things to do is to come home after a long day. And I just love to come because I open the door and my, my two girls, Esther and Ruth, they're, they're five and two. As soon as I open the door, here's what they say, daddy's home. And they immediately come running around the house, down the living room and into the back room. And they go, daddy, 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 daddy. And what do they do? They throw their hands up and they, they want a hug and they want me to pick them up and they have their hands outstretched. Now, how would it feel if I come home and they're just sitting on the couch, still staring at their iPad? Maybe one day that day's gonna come. But it's not today. They still love their daddy and they hold their hands up and they say, daddy. And that's what worship is. When we lift our hands in worship, what are we doing? We're calling upon God as our father. Romans chapter eight tells us this, that we cry out, Abba, Father. As you're worshiping, you lift your hands up and you're saying, God, you are my father. God, I need a touch from you. God, I want to receive from you. I'm going to lift my hands and worship. I'm reaching out to you. I am calling out to you. God, I need a touch from you. I need your presence in my life. I need you to be near to me in this situation, to comfort me, to pick me up, Lord, to, to bring joy into my heart. After a long day, I'm just glad to be with you, God. I'm calling upon you. You are my father. You are my fortress. You are my help. You are my comfort. You are my security. You are everything that I need. I am calling upon you, my God. You're doing that as you stretch out your hands. So I want to read to you Psalm 134 one more time. If you guys could stand with us. We're going to sing one more moment, and I'm going to challenge you over this next portion of the music before we move into our prayer points. Everybody in the room, if you've never done it before, do it for the first time. And if you're a pro, just show them how it's done. I'm gonna read to you Psalm 134. It says, praise the Lord. Some translations say, 
come and bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands, come on church, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. He was the maker of heaven and earth. Here's the last line I wanna close you with. Why do we lift our hands? Well, he told us very plainly. He says to bless the Lord. He starts off saying, bless the Lord, O you servants, lift your hands. And what happens when you do? He says that God will bless those in Zion. As we bless God, God blesses us. An old gospel saying says it like this, as praises go up, blessings come down. As we praise God, God, he moves powerfully in our lives. As we bless God, God, he blesses us. And so take this time, and I want you to understand that lifting your hands, it's not about you, it's about him. It's about blessing God. It's about ministering to the heart of God. It's about reaching out to God. It's about depending on God, relying on God, needing God, calling upon God as your father, stretching your hands out to worship him. And as you bless him, in return, he will bless you as well. Because God is a father who loves to care for the needs of his kids. Let us worship him.